I'm super excited to be here. I'd like to especially thank my father, my pastor. I want to say thank you so much, sir. I'm forever grateful. Thank you. Thank you for all of the years of training. Thank you, sir. I am forever grateful. Forever. And I want to especially thank Pastor Olga. Thank you so much, Ma, for the opportunity to minister in your church. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Okay, so um, I'm not going to waste too much time. I'll just go straight to the point. I'm going to share with you on winning for God in your teenage years. Praise the Lord. Winning for God in your teenage years. I, I, I came in at the latter part of uh, Pastor Nanda's ministration. It was so powerful. So, so powerful. Praise God. Um, I'm going to make a statement. The greatest deception from the devil to young people is live a happy life. That's why I'm, I was asking if it's a leaders meeting. <laughs> or if there are some if there are leaders over here. Do I have leaders here? Are we ready to take it? Yeah. Good. The greatest deception from the devil to young people now in our world is live a happy life. Do what makes you happy. You know, they tell you, when you even go on social media, it is written, oh, if your, if your friend won't do this for you, don't do that for your friend. Uh, if your friend won't, you know what, you know that the things they tweet and they post, if, uh, don't waste your time, life is too short, uh, do this, do that, live happy, be happy, do what makes you happy, if it doesn't make you happy, leave. Um, what are some of the things they even say? Oh, tell me some. Pardon? Forget story, enjoy life. What again? Uh, Minister of enjoyment, president of enjoyment. Like, it is a title they actually, you know, they, they assume that title. I'm minister of enjoyment. Everybody knows that me, dear. Ah, when I step in the building, ah, we are popping bottles, we are chilling, enjoyment only, you know. But that is the greatest deception from the devil to young people. Do what makes you happy and live your life. Or live a happy life. First of all, what is a happy life? Or who defined the happy life? Because I think happiness is relative. Do you agree with me? Hmm. So you realize that a lot of young people are in pursuit of happiness. They are in pursuit of Hey, if hey, I need to be happy, if anything stress me small, nah, I can't. If anything stress me small, nah, and a depression. If anything stress me small, nah, anxiety. If anything stress me small, nah, they've entered another place because they can't come and kill themselves in this life. But it is the greatest deception from the devil. Because what truly matters is that you live your course in life and follow Jesus and be like Christ Jesus. Because the truth is, it may not make you happy. It may not be what the people of the world will call happy, a happy life. So, for example, you are a teenager, you are in senior high school, you are probably in your first year in university, and you are living a kind of life, and your friends think, your life is boring, oh. <laughs> what are you doing every day, church, church, your life is so boring, because you are not doing those things that they do. But what truly matters 
is that you live your life for Christ. You followed your course of this life and be like Jesus. That is all that matters. I like to read a scripture. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. It says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things by loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Let me read it again. He says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. No, verse 8. Yeah, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, truly, life is short. Because if you realize, in the days of old, when uh, Moses and Co., they lived Melchizedek, they lived over 900 years. They were living so, for so long. But now people don't live for so long. So, truth is, yes, you probably have to live a happy life because life is short. But, what is the content of this happy life? Truth is, yes, life is short and you need to make the most out of it because the Bible says that redeeming the time, I'll show you that scripture in Ephesians 5 verse 16. Yes, it is true, but what is the content? So, right now we are teenagers. This is our formative years. This is the time of our life where we can do the most. This is the time where you are most beautiful. This is the time where you are most energetic. This is the time where you are most uh, strong. This is the time where you are most wise. This is the time where you are most... Think about all the nice things. You are at it speak right now. This is the time for you. But what are you going to do with your life? Will your life count? Will you, win, will you win Christ Jesus? Just like Paul said. So the truth is, every time as a teenager, you are going to have to make a sacrifice one way or the other. I'm in fire in my, fire in my bones camp. You will have to make a sacrifice. People make sacrifices every day, but they do not know, we don't know, or we can't tell what kind of sacrifice it is. Let me tell you, all of your friends in school who are probably doing all of the other things, going for jams, not winning souls, uh, engaging a relationship, doing this, doing that, they are all making sacrifices one way or the other. When they are in a relationship and the boy breaks their heart and they, they come crying with depression, they've made a sacrifice. Oh. It's a sacrifice. Oh. Do you know? Yes, they made a sacrifice. But what kind of sacrifice counts? And what sacrifice will you make? And to whom will you make that sacrifice? That kind of sacrifice is not made to God. Praise the Lord. So you will make a sacrifice one way or the other. But what kind of sacrifice are you going to make? I want to read a scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20, it says, But I say that the things with the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. So you will make a sacrifice. 
you, you are probably in school or you're in the house. Your parents are saying, what at all is it with you? Uh, every day you are fasting. Every day you are praying. My, 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 my little brother is here. His mom called me and said, why? Why? The every day, are you fasting every day? He said the whole week. His fasting is not six to six. So it's, he starts today. He finishes the next day. So she called me and said, why? She, like, why? No, she said that she likes the Christianity, but this one there that's over there, like, why? What is Pastor Olga telling people? Why? I said, I was just laughing because I can't, I also understand the boy because I can't say, oh, it, he has to do it. <laughs> he has to do it. So let's look, look at this analogy. Your parents are willing, for example, if you have a scholarship abroad, your parents are willing hmm, to go and dump you in another country where you don't know anybody to school just so you can have, what, a law degree, just so you can have, what, to become a, a doctor. But when it means you coming to church every Sunday and close at a, at, at a particular time, they have an issue with that. You see, so you are going to make a sacrifice. But what kind of sacrifice will it be? When it comes to every other thing, people are comfortable with it. But when it comes to the things of God, then let us take our time. Then let us, let us minimize it. Let us not go extreme. Oh, it is too much. Oh, take your time. You are doing it. You are overdoing it. You are doing it too much. Overdo it. I didn't come to say, don't take your time. I didn't come to say that. I'm telling you today, do it. Do it. It doesn't matter what it takes. Your same friends are the ones who are willing to say, oh, if there's a party here, let's go. If there's that here, let's go. We don't mind staying out late. Look, I know some parents of children who don't mind taking their, their children to the party. They'll, they'll go and pick them up at 2 a.m. When they church, they'll say, why are you there for two, up to 2 a.m.? What do you mean? So you are definitely going to make a sacrifice in your teenage years, but you choose what kind of sacrifice it will be. Will it be a sacrifice for the Lord? When I went to senior high school, I'm so grateful to God that I met a man of God, Pastor Enoch, you know, while I was in senior high school. And so I didn't waste my senior high school years. I can't, you know, when people tell stories of how they were in senior high school, how that, hey, we went for this jam, we did this, we did that, I can't relate. I can't relate at all. The school didn't pass through me. I passed through the school. I can't relate. So, while I was in school, so I'm just going to tell you some stories. While I was in school, my school was a Catholic school. And they wouldn't let us preach the gospel. But the fire of God was shut up in my bones. My friends and I, when it's just 15 minutes for prep to be over, we would go, look, we would dis, let's say we are, we are all friends, four of us. We would dispatch ourselves to say, okay, Monday, we are going to uh, this block on Monday. You take this class, take that class. We plan, we strategize. We'll go out 15 minutes. You know, 15 minutes to prep, um, prep over. They don't really concentrate. They'll be talking and all of that. That is when we go. We'll go and preach the gospel to them in their, in their classrooms. It got to a time, it was so serious that now, we, we go from dorm to dorm, dropping scriptures and, you know, word of, uh, the word of God on people's beds. And there were times where, at a, you know, anything at all we could do, we would do, just to make sure that people were hearing the word of God. And I remember the, 
I don't I don't remember what what they call him, but like the Catholic priest, like he's not the priest who preaches on Sunday, but the overseeing priest in the school, right? He called us for a meeting. He said that what at all do we want in this school? Because because you can't suspend us either. He said, what at all do we want in this school? Then we said, we want to have meetings, we want to speak in tongues. So we're telling him the things that we wanted. And he said that that cannot be possible. But he said that it is possible. You see, because they, they do not believe in speaking in tongues. I don't know if they do now, but they do not believe in speaking in tongues. But this was, you know, anytime you meet us, we have guarded, we are, we've held us, we are praying, we are praying in tongues so much. And oh boy, we were not, do, we were not uh, last in our, in, our, in our academics either. I would go, you know what, so this is what I used to do. When I come home for vacation, you know, we'd have meetings with Pastor Enoch, but every single vacation of my entire senior high school, I had vacation classes. Not because I, I, I was not a good student, too. I will learn the whole terms, uh, syllables, right? When I go to school, I'll go and teach my friends. So I was always ahead. And if I could miss class, I don't think I would have failed ever, but it was compulsory to go to class. So I was always helping my friends who did not really get it because I can't afford to let my people, my friends who are with me preaching the gospel not do on the academics. Otherwise, it would be a laughing stock. So it was something I, I, I was very serious about it. I would always teach my, I would gather them, teach all of them. So, and you would definitely make a sacrifice. And I can say that my senior high school days was not a, a wasteful period at all. It was three years of fruitfulness, three years of impacting people, three years of winning souls, three years. We, we, I mean, we did mighty things. We did mighty things. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But like I said before, you are not in this to be happy. You are not in this to do what pleases you. But remember that when you, to please God is not really about your works. It's not about what you do or what you do not do. Because remember that when Jesus was being baptized, the Bible says that God, uh, um, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and said, this is my beloved son whom I am, I am well pleased. At that time, God, Jesus had not started doing miracles. He hadn't started at all. But God said that he was pleased in him. So for God to be happy with you, it's not about your works. It's not about, I, I, I wasn't here for the earlier part of Pastor Nana's message, but I believe she was talking about sin consciousness, right? It's not about whether you've done something or you've not done something. Can I, because I'm like this, can I do it like this? It, it has nothing to do with you. God has called you. So in winning in your teenage years, number one, you need to plan to win. There are ways that God deals with his people. Number one, he selects you. There's something pastor always says, said that if you are listening to me, it means God destined for you to hear me. Because if not, he said, when you were coming, like a mouse will just chew your shoe. You know, something will happen and you arrive at church. You know, something. Or you iron on your, your the iron will burn your dress, don't have any dress again. Something, something will happen. You won't come to church again. You won't hear him. But God has selected you. God has specially selected you to be in CYC, Airport City, Teens Church. God has selected you. So there's something God does. He selects his people, then he separates you. That is why you are not the same as your peers. That is why you can't do the same things that they do. 
that is why on a Saturday or on a holiday, when people are relaxing, when people are saying, oh, time for family, or it's time for us to hang out with friends, Pastor Olga has called for a, a prayer meeting. You have to be able to tell God to pray. You've been separated. You are not the same. That is why when... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's probably a holiday or it's a time of feasting. That is the time you are, you, are, you are praying, you are fasting. It is your birthday, birthday. People do dinners, people, you know, people do, people do a whole lot of things in the mornings. But you consecrate yourself, you are praying because you are praying to your future. You are praying for the next level. You are praying for the next year. You've been separated. So you're, you, have, you have a choice. They tell you, oh, uh, today is Saturday. Would you like to go for um, this program or would you like to go to church? That, but you choose God because you've been separated. Your choices are different from your peers. You do not think like them because you've been separated. And I remember when Pastor was sharing uh, during one midweek how that sometimes you're calling, because of your calling, you are unable to do certain things. And I believe everyone, everyone here has been called. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. The truth is a lot of people have been called. So in winning in your teenage years, you plan to win. It takes a decision. It's just like the disciples of Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. And they decided to follow. They left all that they were doing and decided to follow. It only takes a decision. So in your world, would you win for Jesus? Or you'll be the lackadaisical person. Everybody knows you're a Christian. Fine, but you're a normal Christian. You're not doing anything. We don't even know. You're not doing mighty exploits. They can't tell. You're not on fire. There's no fire shut up in your bones. We don't, we, you're a Christian, but we don't know what you're about. So everybody at all can mingle with you just like, just like that, like you're regular. So you plan to win. It only takes a decision. Remember, you've been selected and separated unto God. The second thing is you prepare to win. A lot of people think things are going to just happen. You see Pastor Enoch, wow, I want to be like Pastor Enoch. I want to lay hands on the sick and then they'll fall down. I want to, you know, I want to do this ah, pneumatic night. Huh? By the time I'm like 25, 26, hmm, when I organize a program in this Ghana, but when Pastor Olga calls for a meeting, you don't come. It won't happen. There's always a time of preparation. Always. Uh, let me paraphrase the scripture. I, I can't remember the exact scripture, but he was saying that there was a time of, uh, the son of man had to be hidden, and there was a time, I don't know, do you know the scripture? Yeah, he was hidden until his time of appearance. So Jesus Christ was, was, was hidden. In the, the 30 years of his life, he did no miracle. Nobody really heard about him. You know, he was, he was, he was there. It was his time of preparation till he, was, till he was brought out. And in those three years, he did mighty things. Do you understand? So there's always a time of preparation. There's always a time where you are, you are, uh, God is brooding over you. And this is the time. This is the time. So you prepare to win. How do you prepare? Be involved. Be involved. 
in your cells, in your fellowship, be involved. It's a time of preparation for you. When they call for meetings, don't miss it. Maybe they say today is, today is an outreach day. Everybody's going out. Don't sit in your house. There's always a time of preparation. This is the time of preparation. If you can't go out to the mall and win two souls, you can't do pneumatical night when you're 25 or 26. It won't happen. There's always a time of preparation. Look at our man of God, Pastor Enoch. He, did, he didn't just arrive and boom, pneumatical night too. When we were at Aveno, he was told he was always the number one fellowship leader. One nominee, one winner. He was always winning in partnership, in cell uh, uh, ministry. He was always number one. And it's evident. So there's always a time of preparation. You, you have to come from somewhere. And during that time of preparation, God trains you. He strengthens your fingers and your hands and your feet to do things. He strengthens you for war. There's something pastor says that if God has not called you and, you, and maybe they flashed you or you called God, ambulance can come and take you. <laughs> yeah, because you die. Yeah. But during that time of preparation and training, God strengthens your hands. So you are, go, you are doing an outreach. You, you, learn, you learn how to win a soul. You learn how to uh, gather three people. You learn how to gather 50 people to preach to them. You learn how to gather 100 people to preach to them. You are learning. You are learning that, okay, uh, every week, uh, my son and I will bring 10 people to church. Every week, my son and I will bring 50 people to church. Those, you are training yourself. Those are times of preparation, times of training for you. And you know the beautiful thing about those things? Nobody can take them away from you once you have it. Nobody. Nobody. There's, there's a statement Pastor Chris always makes. He says that, take me anywhere, I'll shine. It's because he, he knows what he has in him. He will bring it out and he will shine. So if you put it in the, at the desert, under the water, under wherever, he will shine. So there's always a time of preparation. So this is your time of preparation to win for the Lord. Let me read the scripture of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16. It says that, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. The days are evil. So, he says, redeeming the time. You are in your youthful years, you are in your teenage years, this is the best time of your life. Use it wisely. Because my grandmother cannot go and win souls again. She can't even... She can walk though, but you know, she's, she, she can't do what I can do. So, redeeming the time. Praise God. And in that place of preparation, there'll be, uh, should I say, persecution in that time of preparation. Let me read a scripture from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. 
there will be persecution in that time of preparation. But the Bible says in Hebrews 12, it says that when you find yourself, no, I want KJV. Let me read from here. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. He says that consider him, that is Jesus Christ, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So in that time of preparation, there will be opposition. Your parents will resist you. Your friends will resist you. It's like the whole world will resist you during that time. Everybody will oppose what you are doing. But he says that, remember Jesus who endured that same thing. He says that so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So they've called for family meeting. Your uncles, auntie, everybody are advising you. Ah, why? Akusia, why? 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 Don't, don't do, take your time. We are all Christians. We were all uh, like you before. We all, take your time. You know, they've done, they've called for family meeting for you. But the Bible is saying that consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It is in the scriptures. God knows that it will happen. So he wrote it here. He says that, that you will not lose heart. He says, and you will not be weary. Remember what I said at the beginning. I said that you are not here to live a happy life. Never forget that statement. Then the next thing is, you expect to win. I think, um, Pasanana was talking about um, spiritual obesity and how that people, you know, you hear the word of God. So you can't, she, was, she was mentioned, you come for fire in your bones camp. You go for, what, three days fire and thunder and all of that. But you don't move. You don't do nothing. In, after that time of preparation, God, where God has prepared you, where you have strengthened your fingers and your hands, where you are doing mighty things, expect to actually win. Expect to actually do things for God. Don't you hear the word of God Sunday, Wednesday, meetings, cell meetings, Everything, you are preparing yourself. You are strengthening your, 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 your spirit. You know, your spirit is building up. You can do, you feel like you can do things now. Now go out and actually do them. Do the works of Christ. When God calls a man, he separates him unto him. And with the calling, that man receives ability to do things, receives ability to do exploits. And that is the story of every single person here. We've been separated unto God to do mighty works for him. So you expect to win for God in your teenage years. 
after you make that decision to win for God, after you make that decision to follow Jesus, after you make that decision to live your course for Jesus Christ and not to follow after the deceit of the devil that do what makes you happy, live that happy life. After you make that decision and you, 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 you are in your time of preparation now, expect to actually win for God. Do something. Go out and do something. Because the days are short and the days are evil. So you need to redeem the time. I remember one time I was at home and someone knocked on the gate. And I went out and I saw my, my friend we went to junior high school together. And he came and he gave me a book. He said he was coming to say hello and he gave me a book. You know, and then we had, uh, we had um, a little conversation and then he left. So I went back and um, I opened the book. And in the book he had written, thank you for getting me born again. I'm forever grateful. I was so touched. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I was I was I was so touched and you know these things that we do in our time of youth will always outlive us. They will always outlive us. You will not be like your peers where uh, we are living in the moment. We are living our happy lives. These things that you are doing will always outlive you. And you'll be a testimony to your pastor and to God. So, in this time of preparation, or in these last days, can God count on you to win for him? Not, not, notwithstanding all of those things that you are doing it too much, uh, your parents are, because remember what I said, you will make a sacrifice anyway. But what kind of sacrifice will you make and to whom? Don't forget the scripture I shared with you. It says that, but I say that the things with the gentle sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. People are sacrificing a lot of things to the devil. But what sacrifice will you make? And to whom? It will cost you. Because you can't be like any of your friends. You are different. You are consecrated. You've been called. And just like Ma Nana said, there's, there's joy in heaven. The patriarchs of faith are watching on and looking on at us with excitement. Wow, that's my boy, Kojo. Kojo, 18 years old, Kojo has gone to organize an outreach. Wow! And forever and ever, those testimonies will live on. And you go, you'll grow greater and greater by the day. Greater and greater by the day. And nothing will stop you. Nothing will be able to stop you. So, my last words, I have 
I'm sure by night has finished. My last words. In these times of your teenage years, make a sacrifice. What kind of sacrifice will you make to live your teenage years for Jesus and to win for him? As simple as that. We are not here to be happy. Tell your neighbor, I'm not here to be happy. I'm not here to do what makes me happy. What is that? What's that? We are here to live our course. What Jesus called us to do, we will do. Where he sent us to go, we will go. We are here to only please the master and we would go. Remember that we are sojourners here on earth. And so we will not be uh, engrossed in the things of this world. The Bible says that do not entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. Don't. We are blind to it. All we see is Jesus and our focus is Jesus and we'll live for Jesus all the days of our lives as teenagers and we'll grow still living for Jesus till the end. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb with all my strength with all my heart, I will seek to honor His command. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. I pledge allegiance to I want you to by yourself talk to the Lord for yourself that these teenage years you will live for him and you will win for him nothing is too much for God when it comes to the things of God people want to settle for mediocrity people want to say it's okay but no we will go all out for the Lord we will do anything for the Lord we will put our lives on the line for the Lord because the fire of God is shut up in our bones and we cannot keep quiet I pledge allegiance to the Lamb with all my strength, with all my heart, I will seek to all. 
18 years, we'll be serving God. When we are 25, we'll be serving God. When we are 30, we'll still be there. By 50 years, we'll still be standing strong in the Lord. 70 years, we'll still be standing strong in the Lord, doing mighty things for God because the fire of God is shut up in our bones. Go ahead and speak in other tongues. Christ is our life. Leave us on God in our teenage years, winning for God all the days of our lives because Father, nothing is too much for you. Jesus Christ made a sacrifice and that was he died on the cross for us. And today, in our day, we are willing to also sacrifice our lives for the gospel, to do the things of God, to spread the gospel, to talk to someone about Jesus, to win for the Lord in our teenage years. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost, for grace to do. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Thank you for first loving us and for giving us the ability to also love you. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Thank you. Thank you that forever and ever, our passion for the things of God will be high. And nothing can stop us. Many people will come to the kingdom of light because of us. And the kingdom of God will keep expanding. We'll keep expanding. We'll keep expanding till the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. I pray for these teenagers here. Thank you, Lord, for your fire that is in their hearts. That, Lord, wherever they go, wherever they go, they will spread that fire and people will catch on to that fire. And the fire will keep going on to all the youth in this nation. I'm burning with the fire of the Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost, that none of these ones here will be small. In the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord, that you have anointed them for exploits. Thank you, Lord, that one shall become a thousand. And Lord, you will hasten it. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. That after this camp, after this camp, many people will rise up in the army and do mighty things. The army will expand. We'll have more people in the front line ready to sacrifice for the gospel. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. We are forever grateful. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, for choosing us. Thank you, in Jesus' name. We love you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Pastor, for the opportunity. I'd like to thank my Father. Thank you, sir. I love you.